Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and stand-in for Ryan Gosling, Brendan Tuma. The Josh Allen jersey contest has now ended. Thank you so much for all your reviews and all your entries. We will probably announce the winner on Monday, depending on when we can randomly draw his or her name. Now, if that winner is not you, do not worry, because an entry into this first contest automatically gets you an entry into all future contests. That includes the one we are running for September, which is a Stefan Diggs signed helmet. What? Apparently, we love the Bills on the kickoff. They are actually my daughter's favorite team, by the way, because she loves animals and they are from Buffalo, an animal. I don't know why she didn't pick the Jaguars or Lions or Bears. She's 10. Just go with it. Anyway, Stefan Diggs helmet autographed. That is our giveaway for the month of September. Again, all you need to do to be entered into the contest is to leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox and then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. That's it. And again, if you already entered for the Josh Allen signed jersey, you are automatically entered for this and all future giveaways. All right. So when you do a daily show in fantasy football, you just kind of hope for something notable to discuss, especially in the preseason, right? When we've got a couple of weeks to go, I mean... You're basically doing right now is eavesdropping in on like my daily conversations with Yates, except for the part where we fight about his ranking of Johnny Smith and Michael Pittman Jr. So again, we just hope for something newsworthy to discuss. And then instead, there are these days where you get 18,000 somethings to discuss and you're like, oh my God, this is a 10 to 15 minute show. I need to channel that micro machines guy and cram in like 600 words a minute. But then your producer reminds you that it's cool. He'll edit out your nonsense. Just talk about what happened. So we can do that. But shout out to our news desk, who is just nonstop cranking it out. Download our news app, import your teams into my playbook, set alerts so you can get all the happenings. I'm convinced they all secretly work for NFL teams or something because they break news before I see like Adam Schefter tweeted out my phone was going nuts today. So let's talk about what happened yesterday. But of course, before we do, let's talk about TickPick and the season ticket packages to your favorite NFL team worth $3,000 and how TickPick is where you need to go to purchase seats for any NFL game now and forever. TickPick, the original no-fee ticket site, is teaming up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, to give away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season every single month. Now, until February, they're going to do a drawing, pick one lucky winner for 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. As I mentioned, each package, three thousand dollars you want to enter just go to tickpick.com slash pros that's t-i-c-k-p-i-c-k slash pros all right so the biggest news of yesterday which broke by the way while i was doing a podcast slash live stream with joe pizapia and adam azer on the fantasy pros football podcast so make sure you check that out cam newton was released by the patriots now apparently the cowboys are going to begin exploring signing cam but realistically cam newton as a fantasy option is now over. Now, this is a big one between Yates and Joe. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Joe insisted all offseason that Mac Jones was going to be the starter in week one. Yates said it was going to be Newton. And although I stayed above the fray, I too expected the quarterback to be Newton, as I said here. So that is an L for us. But considering that we were all ranking Newton behind even like the QB2 range anyway, we weren't recommending you draft him. It's more like a lowercase L. But anyway, let's talk about the impact First, Matt Yates quickly spit out his rankings after the trade, and he mentioned that Mac Jones was not relevant even in two quarterback leagues. And man, some New England fans or Mac Jones' sister-in-law or just trolls jumped all over him. 
first of all, let me just say, if you are someone who believes that if you disagree with someone's fantasy ranking of a player, that the right move is to quasi berate them on Twitter, I just feel like we need to have a group hug and re-examine our priorities. But second, no one disagrees more with Kyle Yates than I do. And although I hate to admit this, he's totally right on this one. Yates has him at QB 29. That is exactly where I have him. Now, look, Jones was really good in the preseason, okay? He had a 92.2 passing grade from PFF that was second among QBs. He finished 36 of 52 for 389 yards and a touchdown. But we also talked about it on today's mock draft podcast with Adam Azer that I mentioned. Mac Jones made some bad throws this preseason. He's not mobile. His weapons are far from the greatest. He is a rookie. Draft him as a QB2 if you want and you're really gung-ho about it, but he's a bench option for me even in that format. Now, what about the rest of the Patriots? Well, let's break it all down, okay? The Patriots threw just 440 passes last year. That was the fourth fewest among all teams over the past eight seasons. Now, per Mike Leone, I think that's how you pronounce it. I follow him on Twitter. But per Mike Leone of Establish the Run, New England threw passes 11.6 percentage points below expectations last year. That's last in the NFL. Now, we should see a boost, generally speaking, in pass volume. Theoretically, that helps everybody, right? Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and James White. The only one you can be a little worried about, perhaps, is Myers, because he had just such an insane target share last year. So that could go down, certainly, with Jones. But theoretically, that's going to be counteracted by the increase in pass volume overall. So each of these guys moves up a little bit, and John Smith is probably the biggest mover in his position for me, as he moves all the way up to tight end 10. Now, this should also help Damian Harris because of the goal line work. Harris had a 60% snap share with New England starters this preseason, and he received 88% of the first team carries. Ramondre Stevenson did not receive any playing time with the starters. Now, Newton led quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns last year with 12, and with carries inside the five-yard line with 22. Theoretically, those are mostly going to go to Harris at this point. Harris has gone from RB32 in my rankings before the Sony Michelle trade to now RB24 with that trade and the Cam Newton news. He's not a superstar, he's not going to catch passes, but he's a more than viable option as your RB2. All right, let's talk about a few players who were placed on the pup list. At this point, that means they are going to miss at least the first six weeks of the season. Michael Thomas is going to open the season on the pup list. Now, this is hardly a surprise here. And Jameis Winston ranked second in the preseason in yards per attempt among quarterbacks. That's a good sign for this passing offense. And certainly it makes Marquez Callaway, in his absence, a little more enticing of an option. Also, we should not forget entirely about Traquan Smith. He's been battling an injury, but he should be healthy for the regular season. And both those guys are late dart throws. I know everybody wants to jump on Callaway. I just don't expect them to provide value much more than a wide receiver for. But Thomas, as expected, is out at least the first six weeks. As is Tariq Cohen, who was just never able to get on the recovery train from his offseason surgery. Now, this is obviously good news to the extent you want to say any injury is good news. For David Montgomery, we saw how involved in the passing game he was without Cohen last year. But I do think that there is a chance that Damian Williams is going to at least factor into that role. This is really the first time that they've had a legitimate backup running back here who could take some of Montgomery's work. Either way, it's good news for both Montgomery and Williams, and they will handle the bulk of the work with Cohen out. David Bakhtiari was placed on the pup list. He was PFF's second highest graded offensive tackle in 2020. 
that's not good for Aaron Rodgers. But at this point, it's not enough to move Aaron Rodgers down. But if you see him running for his life a little bit more, you know why. Also, Stephon Gilmore was placed on the pup list with his quad injury. He fell from the first graded PFF corner in 2018 to fifth in 2019 to 47th in 2020, at least among corners that played a minimum of 50% of the snaps. Again, this just isn't good for the New England defense, although it's not entirely unexpected. Other news from yesterday, Chris Herndon was traded from my Jets to the Minnesota Vikings. You figured they probably had to make some sort of move after Irv Smith's injury. Now, we actually don't know the time frame yet. We just know that he was having surgery to repair a meniscus, but we now can probably assume that he's going to miss several weeks. You guys remember when Chris Herndon was once a thing, the trendy sleeper that everybody wanted to draft late at tight end? He had a great rookie year where he caught 39 passes for over 500 yards and four touchdowns. He was hurt for most of 2019. And then last year, he was just really disappointing, just 31 catches for 287 yards. Frankly, he was outplayed in camp by Tyler Croft, who scored two touchdowns against Green Bay. Now, neither one of these guys is worth drafting. Seriously, if you had to go with one, I would go with Croft, but only in a deep, tight end premium league. Deshaun Watson was not traded. Again, we've talked about this, especially in the context of Miami. Houston was asking for a boatload. That's fine. They can do what they want. But there was no team that was possibly willing to trade anywhere close to that with Watson's legal situation still being up in the air. I remain pretty adamant that Watson is not going to play a snap for an NFL team this year, and it's a waste to even draft him with your last pick. Saquon Barkley's availability for week one is still up in the air. Giants still have, quote, key practices to get through before they can make a determination on Barkley. Now, I'm personally still expecting Barkley to suit up in week one, but not get his normal workload. I think he's probably going to be limited, as I've said earlier, to fewer than 15 touches, and probably not just for week one, probably for the first few weeks. But long term, I don't have many concerns. In the meantime, you can draft Devontae Booker, but given what we have seen from the Giants' offensive line so far in the preseason, I wouldn't be that excited about doing so. Another giant iffy for week one is Evan Ingram. We talked about how he left the last preseason game with a calf injury. Kyle Rudolph is just off the pup list after having surgery on his foot, so there's a lot of uncertainty there as to whether he will be ready for week one. But right now, I think you just need to avoid all Giants tight ends. Ingram could be a sleeper if everything broke right, but given the fact that he's already battling an injury, calf injuries are notoriously tricky, you probably just want to avoid it. Jalen Hurts was officially named the starter. I don't think this is news for anybody, and I get why everybody is a little bit concerned about him, and I am concerned about him as a passer, but again, not as a runner. And what is the benefit of turning over the starter's job right now? If Hurts is bad, it is not like you're going to go to Joe Flacco or Gardner Minshew and suddenly save your season. And again, his rushing ability is really what saves him. If he does what he can do, it's very difficult to not see him finishing as a QB1. DJ Chark and Marvin Jones are both going to be ready for week one. This was expected, but this is good. I will pound the desk to say that Marvin Jones is way undervalued in drafts this year. And now Chark's ADP has slipped to a point where he is also undervalued. So go get them both in drafts. That's especially true with Colin Johnson being cut today, which was a mild surprise. Finally, the Saints might not play home games early in the season. Obviously, all our thoughts and our hearts go out to the entire city of New Orleans. This is obviously going to hurt the players on the Saints from a fantasy perspective, but not enough for you to really consider. We just don't know too much uncertainty, but certainly they get a bump playing down in New Orleans. A few notable players who were released and or waived. 
Peyton Barber from Washington, Philip Dorsett from the Jaguars, Michael Badgley from the Chargers, Travis Fulgham from the Eagles, Josh Adam from the Jets, Antonio Gandy-Golden from Washington, Riley Ridley from the Bears, Corey Clement from the Giants, Equinemius St. Brown from the Packers, and Will Greer from the Panthers. Very few of these matter for fantasy, but I will say, for those of you that are smart and still play with kickers, Tristan Vizcaino is someone to keep an eye on for the Chargers now that Badgley is out. Others getting cut that do have a very minor fantasy impact include Jordan Howard. Now this, you know, makes sense, of course, because we didn't really expect Jordan Howard to contribute all that much this year. But it does make Miles Sanders a little more enticing. I mean, that once really crowded running back room with Kerryon Johnson and Jordan Howard has thinned out a little bit. You've still got Boston Scott. You've still got Kenneth Gainwell. But it does make me a little more comfortable about drafting Miles Sanders as a low-end RB2. John Brown was released from the Raiders after he apparently requested it. He had done nothing this preseason, and it was a little disconcerting. So this does help a bit of the sleeper potential of Brian Edwards, who everybody's getting really worked up about, and Henry Ruggs, but both, to me, are just wide receiver sixes, essentially, to be drafted in that range. With a little bit of helium that's going to happen right now with Brown out, I wouldn't mind taking a stab on them a little earlier than that, but still, I'm keeping my expectations in check. Xavier Jones was also waived with an injury. He could come back later in the season, but this is just good that the Rams went out and traded for Sony Michelle, and Jake Funk is still there. Again, you're only drafting Michelle as the backup. You can pretty much ignore Funk, and you were probably ignoring Jones even before this. Kiki QT was also released from the Texans. This is a little surprising here. They do not have a lot of wide receiver depth. I've also been saying that Brandon Cooks is the really, really unexciting option that you can slide in as your wide receiver three and feel pretty comfortable about. There are going to be targets there. I don't care if they're terrible targets. They're going to be enough targets. And Cooks has succeeded pretty much everywhere he has gone. Ball's got to go somewhere. It's going to go to Cooks. He'll do enough to provide value, even if it's unexciting. Nico Collins maybe is a deep sleeper. And also Chris Conley, if you are absolutely desperate. Finally, let's close on a couple of notable jobs that were one. Colin Hill is the Packers' third running back. Not really worth drafting anywhere. Chuba Hubbard finally won that backup job for the Panthers. We expected this. Again, look, we saw what happened with Mike Davis last year. He went nuts. I'm not expecting that from Hubbard. But again, when we're drafting handcuffs, he's one you might want to consider. Latavius Murray has made the Saints roster, at least for now. Sounds like there's still some uncertainty. But at this point, there's just no way I can draft him. I'm dropping him massively in my rankings, even with him making the roster. I still think Tony Jones is the guy you want there to contribute a little bit even while Kamara is healthy. And if Kamara gets injured, I think Jones and not Murray is the one who's going to make an impact. And finally, Quinn Norton is the Patriots kicker. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Brendan Tuma, my producer, Ryan Gosling standing, put this note in, and I'm saying it just for him because he's just such a Homer Patriots fan. Even for kickers who I love, he's not somebody who you need to draft. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to tickpick.com pros where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K slash pros. Thanks for listening, everybody. I will talk to you again tomorrow morning.